more as we surrender all the more. And um, that was a wonderful song, Sophia. Thanks for bringing that. Love it. We're in Acts chapter 2. So if you have a Bible, um, let's turn there. And if you don't, one of our ushers will bring you one. Just raise your hand and they'll bring you their, the Bible. And the um, title of this message today is The Tale of Two Sermons. And I was thinking, wow, what a better, um, not much better than to hear the first sermon ever given in the new church when the church got just got birthed at the day of Pentecost. And we just covered last week uh, that the day when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all together and with one accord and in one place. And the Spirit came down and tongues of fire rested upon their heads and they spoke in other tongues. And the Jewish uh, men that were there for the Feast of, of Pentecost was, were amazed, absolutely amazed that these Galileans, these fishermen, could speak in the native tongue of these, of these languages from all over the world. It says the whole world came. And it's just amazing how God brings his people to a place of unity, and he wants to bring us together as one in him. And then, um, but there were some scoffers at the end of um, last week's sermon, and, it's, and those scoffers said, oh, these guys are drunk with wine. They're, they're, they're just drunk, you know? Who could do such a silly thing like that? And um, so now we're picking it up in uh, verse 14. Acts chapter 2, 14. So after they said, oh, they're just drunk with wine, Peter stands up with the 11, so all of them in unison. See the unity there? They're all standing up. And raised his voice and said to them, men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and heed my words, for these are not drunk as you suppose since it is only the third hour of the day, but this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it came to pass in the last days that says God that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions and your daughters shall prophesy. Your, your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on my main men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass that whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs which God did through him in your midst as you yourselves know. Him being delivered by the determined purpose and foreknowledge of God you have taken by lawless hands, have crucified and put to death, whom God raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be held by it. For David says concerning him, I foresaw the Lord always before my face, 
for he is at my right hand that I may not be shaken. Therefore my heart rejoiced and my tongue was glad. Moreover, my flesh also will rest in hope, for you will not leave my soul in Hades, nor will you allow your Holy One to see corruption. You have made known to me the ways of life. You will make me full of joy in your presence. Men and brethren, let me speak freely to you of the patriarch David, that he is both dead and buried, and his tomb is with us to this day. Therefore, being a prophet and knowing that God has sworn with an oath to him that of the fruit of his body, according to the flesh, he would raise up the Christ to sit on his throne, on David's throne. He, foreseeing this, spoke concerning the resurrection of the Christ, that his soul was not left in Hades, nor did his flesh see corruption. This Jesus God has raised up, of which we are all witnesses. Therefore, being exalted to the right hand of God, and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he poured out this which you now see and hear. And that's referring to when they spoke in other tongues and other languages. You heard it, you saw it, tongues of fire over their head. They're all testifying to this great day of Pentecost. Verse 34, for David did not ascend into heaven, but he says to himself, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. Therefore, let us, let the, I'm sorry, therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now, when they heard this, they were cut to the heart. And they said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? And then Peter said to them, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call. And with many other words he testified and exhorted them saying, be saved from these, this perverse generation. And verse 41, then those who gladly received his word were baptized. And that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in the breaking of bread and in prayer. And then fear came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now all who believed were together and had all things in common, and they sold their possessions and goods, and divided them among all, as anyone had need. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple, and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. That's the first sermon given. Isn't that amazing? calling all the Jews, calling all the world and Gentiles together as one to come under one banner, uh, the new covenant under Jesus Christ. And um, the Lord is great. If you turn to Acts chapter 7, verse 2, this is going to be the second sermon we're going to hear, and this is from Stephen. And we're going to listen to his sermon, and then we're going we're to see... Um, the comparison of the two sermons. 
Acts chapter 7, verse 2 says, And he said, Brethren and fathers, listen. The God of glory appeared to our father Abraham when he was in Mesopotamia before he dwelt in Haran. And he said to him, Get out of your country and from your relatives and come to a land that I will show you. And then he came out of the land of the Chaldeans and dwelled in Haran. And from there, when his father was dead, he moved him to this land in which you now dwell. And God gave him no inheritance in it, not even enough to set his foot on. But even when Abraham had no child, he promised to give it to him for a possession and to his descendants after him. But God spoke in this way that his descendants would dwell in a foreign land and that they would bring them into bondage and oppress them for 400 years. And the nation to whom they will be in bondage, I will judge, said God. And after that, then they will come out and serve me in this place. Then he gave them a covenant of, cir of circumcision. And so Abraham begot Isaac and circumcised him on the eighth day. And Isaac begot Jacob, and Jacob begot the 12 patriarchs. And the patriarchs, becoming envious, sold Joseph into Egypt, but God was with him and delivered him out of all his troubles and gave him favor and wisdom in the presence of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and he made him governor over Egypt and all his house. It's a really long sermon. We're going to jump down to 44. Verse 44. Our fathers had the tabernacle of witness in the wilderness as he appointed instructing Moses to make it according to the pattern that he had seen, which our fathers, having received it in turn, also brought with Joshua into the land possessed by the Gentiles, whom God drove out before the face of our fathers until the days of David, who found favor before God and asked to find a dwelling for the God of Jacob. But Solomon built him a house. However, the Most High does not dwell in temples made with hands. As the prophet says, Heaven is my throne and earth is my footstool. What house will you build for me, says the Lord? Or what place? What is the place of my rest? Has my hand not made all things? You stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears. You always resist the Holy Spirit as your fathers did. So you do. In verse 52, which of the prophets did your fathers not persecute? And they killed those who foretold the coming of the just one, of whom you now have become the betrayers and murderers, who now receive the law by the direction of angels and have not kept it. When they heard these things, they were cut to the heart, and they gnashed at him with their teeth. But Stephen, but he, being full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And he said, look, I see heavens open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. And they cried out with a loud voice and they stopped their ears and they ran at him with one accord and they cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witness laid down their clothes at the feet of the young man named Saul. And they stoned Stephen as he was calling on God and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And then he knelt down and he cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not charge them with this sin. 
And when he had said this, he fell asleep. So he took a sermon all the way. He took it to death. He took that sermon to death. In this tale of two sermons, in both Peter and Stephen's, the hearers were both cut to the heart. We notice that. Um, the Greek word in Acts 7, 54, uh, verse 54, where it says they were cut to the heart, is diaprio cardia, which means to saw asunder in two, and cardia is the heart, or to rip apart. And so their hearts were literally ripped apart asunder with no hope and no purpose. Um, and the reason there was no hope and no purpose, because in their heart, they were already predisposed to be unwilling to change. They were unwilling to move with the Spirit and, and surrender to God. They were unwilling to hear God's voice truly, and if God actually spoke to them, to actually change. So it's interesting, all of you in the audience could have a heart of hardness, softness under the Lord, you know, and, um, uh, our heart is like clay, right? Um, um, under the sun, it can dry and crack, right? But under, if we get it under some moisture, it can, it can go soft and, and um, be pliable. So where is our heart, you know? And um, uh, I think the word says, rend your heart and not your garments. And so if you rend your heart, it's okay, but if, if you have a hard heart and it gets broken apart and you don't want to change, then you're going to get stuck in a, a vicious cycle of sin and pride and arrogance all your whole life. But when you surrender your heart to Jesus Christ and you allow the Holy Spirit to pour the water on, it softens it and you can hear his voice and you can walk a, a call worthy of his name. And it's not even us that's doing it. It's, it's we're surrendering in partnership with his work on the cross and the blood of Jesus Christ and his power of the Holy Spirit gives us the strength to do his will and to be surrendered. So Lord, sur we surrender our hearts to you today. We don't wanna be the ones that are gnashing at our teeth. If I see you guys gnashing your teeth at me at the sermon and then there's a few stones outside, I'm gonna, hopefully I'm gonna pray, Lord, don't charge them with the sin, <laughs> just as Stephen did. But you know, what a heart he had, right? To um, be completely battered down with stones and rocks at a sermon that the Lord told him to give. That the most glorious thing about his sermon is that there was one person there that it was supposed to reach, and it was Saul. And all these people that, that thought they were doing God a service by killing Stephen took his clothes and laid them at the feet of Saul. And Saul was just sitting there, I think dumbfounded because the spirit was speaking to him and he didn't know what to do for the first time in his life because he was such a self-made man. Um, God had to knock him off his horse and teach him uh, what true humility is. And he surrendered, ultimately, we find. So um, in Peter's case, when we read the previous, um, in Acts 2, uh, we gather that the hearers were prepared by the Holy Spirit to receive his words uh, by what they said, how they responded. Um, they said, men and brethren, what shall we do? So they heard the sermon. They were cut to the heart, 
And cut to the heart in Acts 2, verse 37, is... I'm going to pronounce this. It's, it's a little different. It's a long Greek word, okay? It's kata nusomai, kata nusomai, cardia, which means a stinging pierce to the heart, when you're pierced to the heart. But it's also to be remorseful with sorrow, with a willingness to change when found wrong. It's a sharp pain associated with anxiety or severe remorse of a broken heart. What a contrast is that, is that? And then their response with this prepared heart was, men and brethren, what shall we do? So um, in the tale of two sermons, clearly we have two different types of hearts. The diapriocardia, is a heart that is predetermined with no willingness to change. And the katanusomi, the cardia, is a heart with ears to hear and a willingness to change. Now let's turn back to Acts chapter 2, verse 36. And let's look a little bit closer on the, the heart that had a willingness to change. Verse 36, it says, Therefore let the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this Jesus whom you house of Israel, you crucified both Lord and Christ. That could have been taken wrongly with weeping. That could have been taken with gnashing teeth. Who are you to tell us that we crucified? You know, <laughs> who are you, uh, Peter? Um, Gentile, you, you, you Galilean fishermen, who are you? I mean, they could have got on their high horse big time and just knocked him down. But they didn't. They were cut to the heart with the, I have to read it again. It's so hard to pronounce for me. I'm sorry. The katanusomi cardia, the heart which has a willingness to change. And um, in verse 36, um, when he said, you crucified the Lord of Christ, the Lord of glory, that statement could have been taken extremely offensive. But in verse 37, now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart. And they said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, so they acknowledged that they were all apostles and they were all together as one and they acknowledged their authority in Christ. It's pretty, pretty amazing to see this, that these Jews, Jewish men acknowledge the authority of these Gentile uh, apostles in Christ. It's, that in itself is a miracle, actually. Um, for them to do that based on their training and, and how to stay away from Gentiles because they're unclean. What shall we do? They had a willingness to change. God will work in the lives of those who have hearts that are willing and available to the moving of his Holy Spirit. God, may we have a heart that is open and honest and pure with no guile that we can look to the heavens and we can speak praises and we can pray, Lord, without double-mindedness, without halfway thinking, without um, wondering, Lord, oh, am I or should I or could I? God, we are faithful in you because of the blood you've given us and that you've covered us when in, and we're bold to go into your throne room of grace, God, because we're your children, and you've called us by name, and you're going to give us a new name under heaven, and a name that no one knows, and it's going to be a wonderful name, and it could be a name based on our faithfulness or our unfaithfulness. It could be a name 
I can't wait to hear that name. Right now, my, name, my nickname is Buck. My, my real name is Walter Raymond. But what is that? Walter means powerful ruler, actually. And Raymond means um, ruler as well. So I don't know what that means as far as my name on earth. But in heaven, what is my name going to be? You know, is he going to be, uh, is he going to be a chump because he didn't do all that the Lord <laughs> called him to do? Or is it going to be um, well done, good and faithful servant, enter into my glory, you know? And that's what we strive for, the, uh, the well done statement. And um, I look forward to that day, and we all should look forward to the coming of Christ when we get that new name under heaven. It's going to be wonderful. Um, so when they were cut to the heart, this was a painful truth, and there should be pain on the altar because Jesus was in pain when he went to the cross. Jesus was in pain in the Garden of Gethsemane when he sweat drops of, of blood over the, the fact that he was going to go to the cross. Jesus agonized over Jerusalem as he, he was weeping. When it says the shortest verse in the Bible is Jesus wept. He wept over Jerusalem because of his pain and agony for his people to, to want to come to, not to come to him. And um, he knew that they wouldn't, but um, he knew one day it would all come forth. But painful truths are good when the heart is prepared by the Holy Spirit. Painful truths are bad when it falls on a heart that's hard. They don't want to hear it, and they'll, and they'll rebel against that painful truth. And that's the, the tale of two sermons. That this, Basically, the moral of that story is, where is our heart? And where is, um, in regards to when we hear a painful truth. Um, verse 38, then Peter said to them, so they're willing to change. They've got the right heart. Peter acknowledges the Lord sees it. And then he speaks to Peter to say this. Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Repent, be baptized, and receive. Peter is telling them, repent for the remission of your sins, be baptized out of obedience to Christ, and you're going to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. It's a threefold blessing. Repent, recognizing that I'm a sinner. I need Jesus Christ. I need him to cover me. I'm, I'm destitute without him. Be baptized. Now that I know I'm destitute, I've received him. I've received forgiveness. I have the power to actually be obedient to his call and to be baptized. Yes, Lord, I'm going to get baptized in you out of obedience because that's what you called me to and to fulfill all righteousness is what Jesus said, and he was, he was completely righteous. He didn't have to be baptized other than the fact it was to fulfill all righteousness and to give us a pattern of how we should be and act. And then receive, receive from me the ruah, the breath of the Holy Spirit, the flow of my spirit in your life that you may move and flow and live in me and through me that others may see me in you. May your light so shine among men, they may glorify our, may see your good works and glorify our Father in heaven. So may our light so shine. And so the light gets turned on by the Holy Spirit. The light is kind of covered if we don't have the Spirit. We, we can be a Christian and walk in the flesh, and the light's kind of covered because we're walking in the flesh. It's covered with this basket of flesh. But when we 
crucify our flesh, and we allow the Spirit to come in, the light turns on, and people see us shining. And we can be smiling, and we can be joyful in the midst of trial. And that's where people, the world, see that, wow, you have something different. You have something real. And uh, if you can walk through what you've been through, the way you walked through it, I want that. And I want what you have. And the word for repent, I, I love, it's, uh, it's metanoeo, metanoeo. And it means to change one's mind for the better. To hardly amend one's heart with the abhorrence of one's past sin. These Jews were being prepared to respond to the Holy Spirit's call in their lives and on their lives. God always gives us more than we can ever give to him. He, we give him our sinful life in exchange for his life of righteousness. What an exchange. Oh my gosh. So if um, I was the come up with an idea here so I'm 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 the um, I'm the owner of a junkyard right and all I have is junk it's all I have but that's everything I have and so I say Lord all I have is yours and I yield to him my junkyard and the junkyard is actually my heart but the junkyard of, on earth is a picture of who we are to, to we're unusable we're broken, we're stinky, we're not, you, you know, that's what God sees without the blood of Christ over us, is a junkyard. But through the blood of Christ, he sees a perfect, righteous, usable, beautiful vessel of honor. And that's who all of you are in Christ, all of we are in Christ. A beautiful vessel, fit for honor, fit for his service. And that is why we have joy in the trial, peace in the suffering, help when it's help hopeless. We know the help is coming because our help comes from the Lord, maker of heaven and earth. And there's nothing he doesn't see, hear, or know that we are going to go through or, or are going through. And um, in verse 39, um, it says to uh, it gives us the promise. So this, it says, For this promise is to you and to your children and to all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call. The promise of salvation when you repent and then you're baptized out of obedience and you receive the Holy Spirit, that package, that whole promise from God is t for everyone from this moment forward for eternity until God restores the earth and brings a new heaven and a new earth and the whole cycle of God's plan is completed. Um, so from this time forth and forevermore, the promise is sure. And it's for the Jew and it's for the Gentile. It's for the whole entire world. And um, I thought it interesting, when God calls, it's a calling. When God calls and he says your name, Jim or Diane or Buck or or Rachel or or whatever your name is, David. Do you answer? Number one, do you hear? Can you hear his call? Number two, if you do hear his call, do you answer? 
And number three, if you answer, do you answer with yes, Lord? Or do you answer with stop your ears and gnash your teeth? I don't want to hear it. Because we can hear his voice and have one of the two hearts that we just learned about today. And um, even as a Christian, the old way, the old heart, the old man can creep in. And that, that hardness can kind of come together. And I, um, I, many of you know Nate and Dina. He leads worship uh, once in a while. And um, I was able to go paddleboarding with Nate yesterday. And uh, we had such a great time. And, and Nate declared, he goes, I have never, ever, I've lived in Long Beach. I've lived, you know, on the West Coast all my life. I've never taken advantage of how beautiful this ocean is. We went out into the open ocean and we did a paddleboard about a mile, about halfway, half mile one way and then half mile back. And he was so overwhelmed with the, the beauty of what he was seeing. He goes, why didn't I do this earlier? How come I, and it reminded me of a walk with Christ. It's like once you taste and see how good the Lord is, you're, you're thinking, how silly is it not to have done this sooner? Why didn't I come to you sooner, Lord? How come I haven't served you greater sooner? And God is, and it's a call. And God calls you to serve. He calls you to, to hear his voice and reply, yes, Lord. And then he'll give instruction. But when we were out there, we came back, and, and my leg was kind of hurt because many of you know I hurt my, my, uh, my ankle and my leg. And, and he goes, well, how did you, how did you do it, you know? And, and I showed him how I, I was getting out of the car, and um, I was closing the door, and I, I kind of did it again, just not intentionally. I hit it again, and, and I go, oh, I go, that's how I did it. And, and then the Lord reminded me what had happened. I was, I was going to Vons to get some, you know, some groceries, and two cars were parked, squeezed together, and there's this really slim uh, parking spot, and there's no other parking. I'm like, ah, okay. So I squeeze the car into this parking, and I'm, I'm actually mad. I'm like, come on, you guys, you know, just park within the lines, you know, I'm thinking, and, and um, I was angry, and I go, ah, and I get out of my car, and I slam the door, and my this foot was up a little bit because I went off balance because it was so close between cars, and I hit my ankle between the door originally the first time, and out of anger, and what does the Bible said? say? Be angry and sin not. So I could still be angry, but in my anger, I, rah, I got all mad and I slammed the door on my ankle, right? Well, God is revealing for me, and I'm not an angry person. I'm normally not, but when I do, it's like, it's almost like, ah, it's stupid. So God revealed to me, like, just, I purged that anger out of you quickly. I didn't let it fester. I didn't let it settle. I took it from you. And are you willing to feel the pain, Buck? Are you willing to, to suffer to allow me to do my extractions? Are you allowing my spirit to move in your life so that I can work in you for my good pleasure? And I said, yes, Lord. And I am Yesterday was another reminder of, yes, Lord. So may we respond to his call, and may we answer, yes, Lord. Um, it's, it's, it's for the benefit of his kingdom and for, for others. 
um, in verse 40, it says, with, this is three sermons, by the way. You're hearing Peter's, Stephen's, and Buck's. So this is, it may be a little longer than normal, but God is good. I hope you're, um, I hope you're hearing the Lord. Verse 40, and with many other words, he testified and exhorted them, saying, be saved from this perverse generation. Then those who gladly received his word, there's the key right there, gladly received the word of God. They were baptized. And that day, about 3,000 souls were added to them. And um, verse 42, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. So it didn't stop at the commitment of yes, Lord. It continued. It wasn't a one-time yes, Lord, and then move on to my thing. It was a continuation. Um, And the word for doctrine in verse 42 is didache, and some pronounce it didache, which means that which is taught. And steadfastly, the word means to be devoted and constantly attentive to preserving accurately the apostles' original doctrine. That was a long sentence, but the point being is let's not go off track. They've given us a foundation. We're laying that they've laid, the apostles laid. They've pointed us at 3.465 degrees perfect angle. Let's stay on that perfect angle, that same direction. Let's not go sideways and let's not get into our own interpretations. Fellowship, and you've all heard this word, is koinonia. It means association, communion, community, joint participation, and intercourse. It means that we can talk to one another uh, together about the Lord and, and rejoice with him together and being devoted to one another Breaking of bread is classis artos in Greek, and it means breaking bread. How's that for an interpretation? But the point of it is coming together at the same table in agreement under one roof for the sole purpose of unity, love, and oneness in the Lord. Coming together, it's a great thing, breaking of bread. So that's why we love... Here at this church, afterwards, we go eat together somewhere. We all go somewhere and we eat. And it's just a great time to fellowship and talk about the Word and, and what the Lord's doing in our lives. And that's where this home fellowship this Tuesday coming up is going to be all about that. And that's, that's the sole purpose. And um, in addition to helping um, where needs are, um, are being revealed. And then uh, prayers is prasuhe. It's P-R-A-S-U-U-U, I'm doing my, uh, my vowels, P-R-A-S-O-O-U-H-E-Y, prause, and it means prayer addressed to God in a place set apart suited for the offering of prayers. So there you have doctrine, fellowship, breaking of bread, and prayers. In verse 43, then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now all who believed were together and had all things in common and sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had need. So continuing daily with one accord, that's, that's vital, one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those 
who are being saved. And that's my prayer for you, for this church, that we would have the ability to break bread together with gladness and simplicity of heart. Simple things, simple gladness, the basic things of life, but fulfilling absolute miraculous accomplishments through doing these things, these simple tasks. God is going to use us to do great things through being faithful in these small things. Wonderful things are going to happen. And um, I'd like to uh, conclude this message with an opportunity to receive the Lord or recommit our lives back to the Lord. And if, um, Sophia, you could come up for a couple closing songs. Father, we thank you for your word, Lord, that um, this, this Bible, Lord, that we have been given um, does not come back void. Every word is truth. Every, every um, sentence, Lord, and every, um, it's, it's all for a purpose, God. It's for your great purpose, Lord. And so we have the word, Lord. We have the doctrine. We have breaking of bread, our sustenance, Lord, when we, we remember the children of Israel and how they were, they were fed manna in the wilderness, Lord. And we remember you, Jesus, where you said, I'm the bread of life. And um, remember be communion with you, Lord, where you say that, take eat, this is my body broken for you. Lord, the bread, Lord. And con- just continuing in doctrine, breaking of bread, going house to house, Lord, and fellowshipping, koinonia, Lord, that, that coming together for a purpose of glorifying you and coming together in unity to help one another. Um, and it's not that we go sell all we have and put it into one, one pile and then start distributing. But, Lord, it is our heart where we, we, we bring our heart in that way. We bring our heart completely to you. We sell our heart to you, Lord, completely. And you give us back way more than we could ever give you. So if there's anyone in this room that has not received Jesus Christ as their personal Savior, I would like for you to just recite this prayer in your heart, and um, and, uh, the Lord is calling. So, Father, forgive me, for I know that I am a sinner, and I need the salvation of your Son, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. 